Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skin off goal. Look at that pass. Haydock! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dev sees tonight again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome at what? Hello. That too. Welcome in. Happy soccer podcast day. I'm Bone. And I'm Beam. And, and I'm not drunk. I, I am. I'm just drinking right now. <laughs> Lots to get to today in this episode. Uh, we have Champions League down to the round of 16. The draw's not out yet, but we can tell you who at least is in the draw and how it all shook out from the uh, round robin version. The What was the proper term for this? Group stage. Group stage. There you go. Thank you. I don't know why I had a blank on that. Sorry, Drunky McGee. You just <laughs> keep right. going. You just keep talking. <laughs> Premier League, there was this uh, Manchester Derby that I think you're probably pretty excited to talk about, Beamer, so we'll get into that. It'll be good. And uh, I'm worried that one of the best players in the U.S. men's national team system might be getting ruined by the club team he plays for. Ruined. And, of course, we'll talk about my grown adult son, Christian Pulisic. I don't think it's fair that I claim him because, I mean, all of America claims him, right? I mean, anybody who knows about him is excited for him. I was even excited the other day when uh, they got destroyed by Everton. Mm-hmm. And I went through and was like, I watched the game and then I, you know, he was fine. He didn't have a particularly great game, terrible game. But I went through and looked at all the complaints about Chelsea and what was wrong. Sure. And I saw that all of the reporters, the fans, anybody who was complaining was like, oh man, this guy sucks. And Lampard has to know that he can't play this guy anymore. And they named like six or seven different problems. And mm-hmm. I was like, didn't say anything about Pulisic. Didn't see anything kinda, about the Wonder he's Boy. He's just kind of there. Like, yeah, it was a bad game by all these other people, but not him. And then uh, Champions League, I think he did okay. He did this just past fine. week. But we are going to start off with the article in the Columbus Dispatch. I should say the article in This Week News, which is where I go to look at all the dispatch articles. Because mm-hmm. if you're not aware of that workaround, and let's say you maybe get buffered by the dispatch website, Whatever article on the dispatch you're trying to read at dispatch.com, if you get a paywall, just take out dispatch in the URL and put in this week news, and you can go read it. Gotta love RSS feeds, don't you, Bone? Ah, they're pretty good. Anyway, so uh, the article from Bill Bush is headlined thusly, Columbus wanted soccer more than Austin did and paid for it. Okay. This article made the rounds. A lot of people were talking about it. I saw you... I saw you and then Keith Noss. Keith Noss is... You guys were were all over this. Here's my problem with this article. Number one, it's the third time Bill Bush has written an article like this. And I, that's fine, but there's no new information in here. I mean, he did talk to some people in Austin who said, yeah, we're not paying a dime for any of it. Wow. And it's like, well, you're not paying a dime? Really? You're, you're going to take ownership of a soccer stadium. That's how their deal works down mm-hmm. there. I, I, I hesitate to say there's no money being turned over to Anthony Precourt it's a very complex way of doing it, but anyway, it's getting lost in the weeds. This article is written in such a way that it makes it sound like Columbus is getting screwed while Austin is getting a sweetheart deal. And I guess the the frustration I have with Bill Bush is that he doesn't acknowledge that both those situations are not the same. Sure. Right? I made this comparison on Twitter that if you go on vacation as a single person and you have a nice vacation, 
you are not going to spend probably as much on vacation as a family of five sure. who goes on a similarly nice vacation because they've got more mouths to feed. They need a bigger hotel room. They need more activities to keep their kids busy. Like the whole point is those are two different situations. Columbus had a soccer stadium either way that was going to have to be remedied by taxpayer dollars. Yeah. If, if the crew leave, what's going to happen to Montfrey Stadium? It just sits there like Cooper Stadium, mm-hmm. which is gross. Now you have two dilapidated structures on your major freeways into downtown. Sure. It's not a great advertisement for the city. No. So that would have had to have been remedied by taxpayer dollars. So this this article is written with the idea that Columbus could have paid nothing in taxes and gotten a soccer stadium. Well, no, they already have a soccer stadium that would have required some remediation mm-hmm. either way. But the bigger problem with this article is it doesn't acknowledge what I think is obvious. In the situation with Columbus, there is a little thing called the Modell Law in the state of Ohio. Now, I'm not saying you have to give all the money and pay everything for stadium costs or whatever, which, by the way, most of this money is going to infrastructure improvements and fixing up Moffray Stadium, building a park. That's not really brought up in the Bill Bush article because he's trying to write a hit piece, I guess. But overall, in that article's reporting, it fails to mention that the Modell Law only kicks in on structures that are paid for in some capacity by local, county, or federal assistance. Correct. Or, so or state assistance, I should you're say. You're saying that if Moffray Stadium was 100%, 100% privately owned, or if the new land downtown was going to be 100% private owned, then the, then the Modell Law would not kick into gear, right? No. And I again, I, would, I don't have any reason to think the Haslams or the Edwards family are ever going to do anything that would cause that to happen. But let's be realistic, right? Things change. Life changes. People, yeah. people's situations change. I don't think the model or the motels. I don't think the model law is going to need to be in place for those families to keep them here. But it's a nice assurance that if all of this is going to happen, it's good to know that that does kick in, and that is part of why there is assistance being offered by the city. Hey by man, the thirty yeah, thirty years from now, you don't know. I mean, you don't know what's going to go on with this team or anything else. It's 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 like anything, man. You don't know if there's going to be a new billionaire that says, hey, I want to buy the Columbus crew, and I'm going to pay two times for what it's going to be. Right. And then, you know, same situation could possibly happen. Now, thank God this this city still has this team, and that's fantastic. But you're right. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. It's impossible to tell. Well, and let's not let's not forget this, too. Like, at some point, I think, MLS will cap how many teams are going to come into the league. Yeah. It, it could be at 50, for all we know, the way they're going right now. But let's say they cap it somewhere between now and, like, 40. Yeah. Whatever that happens, just like in a neighborhood where they're building houses and they're building houses, and you can go get a new build built for about the same price as the houses in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. people are going to pay that price. Yeah. Once they stop building and the neighborhood is all filled, then the housing values usually go up slightly. Sure. Because now if you went into that neighborhood, you have to pay for an existing structure, and you can't go just get one built for the same price. That's what's going to happen with MLS teams. And at some point 30 years down the road, one of these families may say, you know what? Someone wants to pay us a billion dollars for this soccer team. Sure. Now, that'd be great if that's how MLS goes over 30 years. Just saying, having the monetary tie-ins with the federal or with the state and local money does make sure the Modell law applies, even if it... We don't even know if it'll work in court, but it seemed to work pretty good last time because it slowed everything down. Seemed to do just fine for the Columbus crew. So I would ask the Bill Bushes of the world to read the Keith Nosses of the world and maybe get more insight before you write like the fifth article on this subject where you have the same wrong information. That's what I don't understand. Like, why are you doing it multiple times? 
I don't know. Like, what's I mean, the goal of it? Just to only, get clicks? The only thing that was different on this one was he said, hey, here's what Austin did, and let's we talked to a couple people from Austin. But this is all stuff that your newspaper already reported on, and yeah. the info was already there. So it seems like you're just taking old info, repackaging it. You're right, probably just to get a click or two, which is fine, whatever. I guess that's being resourceful. You can read this on This Week News, by the way. Yeah, thisweeknews.com if you need to go see it. Uh, my favorite <laughs> website. Uh, so It really is. It's like once you told me that, and then you get those little pop-up links, it's like, hey, you've ran out of dispatch articles. It's like, okay, well. Just type in this week news. That's a, and, that's a nice. That's a I nice got, way to go around it. I got a new it. subscription, so there you go. I don't. I, I don't look at it as a new subscription. I look at it as supporting this week news. Sure. Which is my favorite local journalism site. I really approve of this week news. Um. So that's great. Now on to another thing, crew related, very quickly, and U.S. soccer related. Before we get into Champions League, I got to tell you, I am a little worried about my guy Zach Steffen. Okay. Zach Steffen. I watched this game last week. Uh, they played Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund scored five goals yeah, on not, Zach Steffen. Not good. Not good for the morale. No. And it was an awful day. It looked like for him, if you're just watching the stats, you can go, oh, Zach Steffen let in five goals. That's not good. His yep. experiment in the Bundesliga may not be working out. Well, I'll give you an example of why that's not exactly correct. Uh, Peter Weiss, who writes the column Americans in the Bundesliga for therunnersports.com, if you want to go check it out. Go check that out on This Week News, too. You can find, <laughs> also a, you can, this week you news. Can find a link there. What if that was the case, that This Week News was like the entry? It's it's like the, the wardrobe in Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> where just you open it up and it goes anywhere you want to. Now, so uh, Peter Weiss wrote this article where he gave Zach Steffen a B-minus in this game. One of five goals gave him a B-minus. Okay. Yeah. So... Well, let me read you some of his descriptions because <laughs> I watched this game thinking, I don't think Zach Steffen played that poorly. He just got hung out to dry by this terrible defense in yeah. front of him. Goal number one, Marco Royce scored in the 42nd minute. All right, right before halftime is literally the worst time to give up a goal. Yeah, Peter Weiss said this, surely a keeper can rely upon six separate players to hold a simple offensive line. Apparently not. Not a single one of them was watching Royce's feet. Amateurish stuff, nothing Steffen could do. Goal number two, scored by Thurgan Hazard. Okay. All right. Aiden's brother. Yeah. Got it. Said, though it was a quick counter off a turnover, I've seen 60-year-olds jog faster than Adam Bodzek and Kasim Adams did in pursuit of a man in possession of a ball. Stefan was completely hung out to dry. No keeper should be put in that position. All right. So that was in the 58th minute. So there you go. Basically yeah. two goals in a 15-minute period, one right before, one right after halftime. Not okay. Good. And then five minutes later, Jadon Sancho scores in well, the 63rd. Jadon Sancho is also world-class player. Well, but so. here's what he says. Four defenders in the vicinity, none of them have an excuse for switching off as Jadon Sancho has only relinquished possession to Royce on an obvious give-and-go a second earlier. No one even attempted to cover him. Stefan was justifiably furious. Uh, and then you get to the fourth goal by Marco Royce in the 70th ah, minute. A little brace for him. Yeah, uh, he says, okay, Stefan might have done a little bit better with reactions here. It was nevertheless mostly Bodzik's fault for letting the Dortmund captain skip out of his range whilst watching the ball the way a terminal cancer patient Jesus. watches the sunset. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Right. And then finally, the fifth goal also by this one by Jadon Sancho. So both of them, him and Royce, got a brace. Says one can hardly fault a keeper for finding it hard to position himself on what can only be described as a three versus zero breakaway. Yeah, that's never good. That's an easy I, goal in FIFA. Double Y, hit the B button. Good. Yep. Every single time. Yep. 
Good Lord, did he ever get abandoned here. The whole team should take turns giving him shoulder rubs after this nervous collapse, a keeper's worst nightmare. So he says at worst, one of these five goals maybe falls to Stefan. Sure. But in every case, he says, yeah, his defense was just terrible in front of him. And again, like I said, watching this game, Zach did make some great stops. But I saw plenty of times where he's just hung out to dry and he's not even attempting to save the ball because it's like, I can't. I can't get all the way across the goal mouth. You just let a guy run wide open on me. I'm a little worried about our guy, Zach Steffen. I was going to say, I mean, listen, the mindset of a goalkeeper, I think, has to be totally different than any player you know, on the field. Just because you're on an island every single time, you know, like it's, a, it's like a specialist in football or goalie in hockey, goalie in soccer. It's all the same thing, right? Because you are you're on a total island out there. And that's what I think you're trying to get to is that you know this stuff can play more into the mind of somebody who is on that island than somebody who's not. Like I talked a couple of weeks ago about Marcus Rashford and how he's so infuriating because he can't put the ball in the net when he seems to have an open goal in front of him. And like, yes, that can play into your mind. And we've seen Giassi go through some strifes here yes, in Columbus, right? right? Sure. But when you're at this point and you're a goalkeeper, I feel like it can go one of two ways because – one, you're like, okay, well, I need to do everything in my power, and I'm almost going to become like a superhero out here trying to basically stop everything, a la Tim Howard against Belgium in the World Cup in the last cycle. And so you watch these guys, Bone, and Zach Steffen, I'm sure, listen, he's got confidence. He knows he's he's one of the new faces, not even new. He's one of the faces of the U.S. men's national team. He's back over playing in the Bundesliga. And also, read the guys who scored, you know? You're talking about Marco Royce and Jadon Sancho. Like, these guys are top-tier players in the entire sure. world. And so when those guys have one-on-one against a goalkeeper, there's really not much you can do. And so for the fact that the defense was playing so bad, I understand your worries. At the same time, it's just like, okay, well, there's nothing I can do. What you hope for Zach's case is that he just doesn't give up and then goes into a really bad run of form where it starts messing with easy saves that he could possibly that's, make. That's where I am. Is I'm I'm thinking of this more like a talented quarterback behind a bad offensive line in football where good quarterbacks cannot – I don't think you totally ruin them, but you can make them gunshot. You can, they can develop bad habits, sure. start throwing off their back foot because they're constantly under pressure, where then once they are not under pressure, the bad habits remain if you get them a better offensive line. I'm worried about him developing habits that when he is behind a better defense and maybe a shot trickles through, how much of it is just – Oh, someone got through. What am I supposed to do? Sure. You know, when you're when you're in a barrage like that in a game, I feel like there's going to be a mentality that sets in of what am I supposed to do? As opposed to I can make every save and we can win this game. Yeah, you become malaise to it, right? Where you're it's, just like I don't I don't know what you want me to do, yeah. and then you kind of quit. If you know that you need to make two or three really big saves to keep your team in a game every game, that's just bound yep. to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, then I could see getting mentally easier to be psyched up than it is if you know I can make eight good saves and my team's still going to let in just and it doesn't matter. a dozen awful chances around yeah. me and a few of those are going to go in. That's where I'm, I'm worried about his mentality. So please, Manchester City, maybe quickly look to somewhere else to get him loaned out to next year or something. I don't know. I'm just, I don't, I, I'm very excited about Fortuna Dusseldorf. They wear these like, uh, punk rock, like yeah. skull and crossbones jerseys. Mm-hmm. They're excellent. I'd love to buy one. I don't really feel like buying this. This feels like I'm just going to be supporting a thing that's hurting my guys. Zach sure. Steffen. So just, just come on. What, where's, where's another good loan situation for him? Oh God. Think? I have no idea. If you're, I mean, if you're, I don't if know, I don't know the goalkeeping it. situations around soccer. I, I, I wouldn't be good to tell you on that. 
I just there's like so many different options. Like maybe a, like a lower level Premier League team. Like get him into the Premier. And I know that Manchester well, you know City would not want to face him. You know what would be good though? No, but but get him into like a Europa League team. Sure. Somewhere where he. I mean, he'd obviously probably have to win the job. Maybe that's why at Dusseldorf, it's like you're the guy. We know you're the guy. Maybe if he gets loaned out somewhere else, he has to fight for the position. He may not get as much playing time. But if you're in Europa League, uh, that level of team where it's like, you know, things work out right. Maybe we could get to Champions League, but not next year. That gives him another year to develop Mm -hmm. without the fear that City's going to have to face him. And then if they ever qualify for Champions League, it's like, cool. Ah, We'll recall him back and undo the loan so he's not going to play us the next year. You know who's in the champion or the Europa League? Manchester United I, and I Arsenal. I haven't heard, are they? Let's bring them let's bring them in here. Manchester United, watch out David De Gea. Here comes right. Zach Stefan. That's it. Hey, I don't I don't see them loaning him to the team that they <laughs> no. are arch rivals with. I can't see that. <laughs> By the way, how have you not just like walked in here with your chase your chest painted? Just complete red and yellow in honor of your boys beating Manchester City. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good. You know, feeling pretty good about that. City, it was just it was such a wacky game. And so that game was happening on Saturday. And there was so much going on on Saturday. So I was basically I was using the last button on the TV because I was in here and Ohio State basketball was on. And then I had the golf going on down in the Bahamas, the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma and Baylor. So I'm like, I'm like fervently using the last button. And then once it got to 1230, I actually went into the studio where we have dual screens instead right. of just sitting out in the lobby and watching on the big screen. So I was sitting there watching it, and so I had my eyes on the Ohio State basketball game and then on, on United and City. But it's just – it's so crazy to think. Like, here we are. You know, you're a good portion of the way through the season, and Pep Guardiola is just, I mean, moaning and complaining that they don't have the team and they can't keep pace with a Liverpool or Barcelona and, like, all these things. And I'm like, homeboy, you've spent $750 million over the past five years trying to bring talented players. You know that you suck on the defensive side when there's a counterattack. You know that Manchester United, what they do is counterattack. That's it. They have no – they can't keep the ball in possession – on the on the offensive third of the field, you know they're go- all they're going to do is try and hit you on a counterattack. That's it. That's the game plan. I'm sitting here. I'm not a soccer genius. I can tell you that's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's game plan is going to be. What happens? Boom. Two counterattacks. You get a penalty. Manchester United wins 2-1. Boo-hoo, Pep. Sorry about your loss. Let's get out of, uh, out of Manchester, the blue side of Manchester with a yeah. win. It was wacky. I want to give you some professional advice, and it is that please embrace the usage of the word homeboy as often. I want that yeah. used more often in any conversations we have. Good. Throw homeboy <laughs> in there like, homeboy, I got to tell you. As a matter of fact, homeboy may make it into the title of this episode, I'm thinking. It was just so, like, it's just so mind-bending to think that City, how much they've spent, and they've oh, been and competitive. How much, for, is, yeah, and they how much the- has Liverpool spent? Not nearly not in the I mean, same yeah, they, stratosphere. They, they paid a record fee for Van Dyke. All right, sweet, okay. you got that. But that's basically it. You yeah. know, when you're talking about I'm the saying, grand, it's not the same stratosphere, no. and, you're comp- and and he's complaining about well, we didn't spend enough, and it's like, well, yeah, but I think Jurgen Klopp's maybe spent like 150 million during his entire tenure at Liverpool, right? And now they are just shredding the league, and they were so close last year to winning it, and now Manchester City can't compete because they don't have enough money. Like, get out of here, man! Stop going on your ego trip. Over the last three years, Liverpool has almost won the Champions League won the Champions League, almost won the Premier League. In any other year they would have run the they would have destroyed the Premier sure. League. And then this year looked to be running away with the Premier League. I would say, yeah, it's great to be a Liverpool fan right now. 
And for Manchester City fans, I don't really feel bad for you because you're you've enjoyed some of the greatest success sure you've ever seen. But yeah, losing to Manchester United, it's not the end of the world, but it's certainly a wake up call, right? Like, of course, and it, it is. makes you wonder. That's how- not it's, it's not a great United team. The only thing that I can think that is happening right now at Manchester United is that they've they've settled and they've come to the fact that Paul Pogba is going to leave. He's going to leave in January. He's already yeah. gone. Going to go to Real Madrid or wherever he be, and that Ole has galvanized his team enough where Scott McTominay is going to be the like heart of that midfield and he's going to control the game. Like that's the only reason I can see Manchester United right now being in a better spot is because now it's starting to take place. Ole's got his system in. He's saying, "Okay, we're not going to try and and pander to Paul Pogba and what he's doing. We're just going to have to live without him." And I think you're starting to see that take shape. And now with a couple of good results in a row, they're like, "Okay, you know, this system's kind of working out. Maybe we are, you know, in, in January or in the summer, we'll get a couple more guys in here and spend the money. But as of right now, we're on a pretty good little run of form here. And so it's just, it's so, so wild to think about where City was and where United were a couple of years ago and how this has been a pretty big rebuild job for Manchester United. And you look at the roster up and down, it's like, boy, you know, they're just not a very good team. And yet you go into the Etihad and you beat them like that, like it was, it was a great weekend, great weekend for me. Yeah, it had to be, and it had to feel really good. Uh, another guy who felt really good about the weekend was Jamie Vardy. Little Vardy party action mm-hmm. going on. What's he scored in now? Eight straight, something like that. I believe it's eight straight, and but he's also only like the second player to have two eight games or more streaks in the Premier League mm-hmm. in his career. So very good stuff. Did from it Jamie back Vardy. in the title year as well. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, he did. He was very good that year as well. But he's 32 years old and yet doesn't seem to be showing any signs of slowing down right now. No. 16 goals in as many games for Leicester this year. It's really amazing, that's, right? That's un- incredible. But let me give you this. Are you aware of his pregame meal? Mm, no. This is from his autobiography, and I had not been aware of this until just now. He says this. With a traditional 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff, I'll have a can of Red Bull as soon as I wake up, which is gone in 30 seconds. That is awesome. Yep. He said, I don't have breakfast and won't eat anything until I have a cheese and ham omelet with baked beans at 1130. Love it. I wash that down with another Red Bull, which I also neck quickly, which I like the term neck. Mm -hmm. Neck that sucker down. Right. Then next he says, we get into the dressing room an hour and a half before kickoff and I'll have a third can of Red Bull straight away. He also said before the games, he started doing a tradition where he would drink a uh, glass of port before he would go to bed. Love that. So, yeah, that's right. And he said he would uh, small fill a small plastic water bottle or Lucozade bottle mm-hmm. to halfway and just sip the port while watching television. So he said he would just kind of be picturing like you're just sipping on like Gatorade or something, sure. except it's port, and that's what he would be drinking. So there you go. It's really amazing. So I had the had the chance to go over there a couple of years, and we, we went to – we went to Stamford Bridge and we saw an Arsenal Chelsea match, which was just unbelievable. Uh, you can you can go look up the goal that Hazard scored in that game. It was like he kept the ball for sixty yards and just knifed through the Arsenal defense. And that I think they they ended up winning the title that year. But anyways, so we went on a tour of Manchester United, and you know my buddy who I was over there with, he was doing stuff with like Sky Sports. So basically, I had the whole morning to myself in Manchester. Like I took an Uber over to Old Trafford and you got to see everything. And it was actually the it was I think like. It was one of the anniversaries of the Munich air disaster. So, like, there was a lot going on there. Okay. And, I mean, yeah. it was 
you know, obviously very somber, but like very cool to go over there and not knowing, you know, that was going to coincide with it. And and the weirdest thing that I saw now that Jamie Vardy mentions it is that in the dressing room and then on the way out on the field, they do. They have massive Red Bull lockers. Like, and I'm oh, just really? like, yeah. And I'm like, what, why, why would you be no, like, you like fridges? Like you, yeah. like a big, yeah. Okay. I, well, I don't know why I said like coolers. No, no, I, yeah. I know what you mean. Like, like a, a big, vend- like yeah. a vending machine. Exactly. Or, or, okay. So you just like, basically you pop them in and they're free, you know? And so like the guy who we're taking the tour with, he's like, yeah, do you want one? I'm like, no, like, I don't, I'm good. I had a couple cu- cups of coffee. Like I'm not yeah, getting yeah, ready yeah. to do anything. So I asked him, I was like, do players like actually drink this stuff or, you know, is this just here for the tours? He's like, oh no, the players like get all hopped up on it before the game. Well, that's that's strange. So now hearing Jamie Vardy like you know neck mm-hmm. three of those suckers right before he goes onto the field, like yeah, okay, I get it. Frankie Haddock is legendary for drinking. I mean, as many espressos I think as a human body is allowed to consume mm-hmm. without just exploding. That's what he's known for doing before games. He's talked about that for years. And I know in the NHL, it's a thing now where like pregame coffee oh, is yeah. such a big deal. Those guys, some of those teams will actually travel with. The gigantic, you know, thousand dollar espresso makers, big French press yeah. machines, well, drip pour over, yeah, everything that'll do. Well, I'm talking like it'll even do the, you know, froth the milk yeah. and steaming whatever you're doing. I, I'm such a huge coffee guy. You can tell I know big all the coffee terms. guy bone. Anyway, point is caffeine in sports. Apparently, you can't just take like you can't take amphetamines like you used to back in no. the 70s and. Smelling salts and coffee. Right. That's that's, all you need. That's what a lot of guys do. Yeah. The weirdest thing, too, about being over there is that, you know, they don't do, I don't know how big into coffee you are, but, you know, I I, I like coffee. I just don't go get it every day and I don't have a, I usually, it's just like, give me a coffee with a cream and sugar. So the way that we consume coffee here is like normal drip coffee, right? You put, you put the, put the the coffee beans in there, they're ground up and then you pour the water over it and it goes into the pot and you drink it. Like that's not, it's not a real thing over there. They don't do that. They don't have, like, drip coffee. It's either espresso and then an Americano. So an espresso is, you know, an espresso shot and then with some hot water. Right. So they don't do just, like, a normal, regular-ass coffee. It's not a real thing over there. And I was, because, like, they're Starbucks Like, they don't there. have a percolator sitting no. there where it's, like, dripping and... No. It's Yeah, okay. Which is so weird because when we went to Starbucks and I was like, yeah, I'll just take a, uh, you know, like a, a grande, like Pike's Pikes Peak, which is right. what their normal like medium roast. And they're like, I don't know. We don't know what that is. And I'm like, well, your Starbucks, like, isn't that, you know, a thing? And they're like, no, we just, you know, take an Americano. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I knew what an Americano is, but yeah, regular drip coffee, not a thing over wow. there. Wow. Interesting. Stuff you learn. Yeah. Stuff you learn. Well, see, that's why you got to travel. Can't stay in one little place all your life, or otherwise you're not going to know any of this cool stuff. Exactly. I agree with that. Uh, Let's talk about Champions League. We finally can get to that now. Uh, The groups are all set. Your your winners from the groups are all set, so we'll run through them real quick. Group A, uh, no surprises here. PSG, Real Madrid. Not shocking at all. They didn't even have to play their last games. They were already through. Uh, Bayern and Tottenham are your Group B winners. Not surprising really either at all Bayern smoked Tottenham in their game but Tottenham rested everybody um yeah so that's fine it was that was also pretty much already determined uh Manchester City in Group C easily went through Atalanta congratulations to them they outlasted Shakhtar Donitz and Dinamo Zagreb to be able to get in there even though they lost going in the final two of their you know series it wasn't enough Donix couldn't catch them. Yeah, so. it was pretty wild. You know, that group is is was the one on, I believe, Wednesday. It was the early afternoon Wednesday game. So instead of the 3 o'clock start, it was a 12.55 start. 
and that group is entirely playing. So I, all four of the te- – well, City was uh, was already through yes. it to was the Zag- knockout Zagreb round. Zagreb had the chance to catch Atalanta but could, but didn't get it done. Correct. So they all all three of them had a chance to to go through to the knockout rounds. It's like, okay, well, if this goes this way and this goes this way, you know, that's going to be fine. But it was, a, it was a pretty interesting group to watch, and it was kind of a crapshoot who the other, other team would be aside from City, but, I mean, how about Gabriel Jesus? I mean, you know, nice little hat trick for That's him. That's all right. He's, like, I think the first player the first player under the age of 21 to have multiple hat tricks in the Champions League, Under yeah, under the age of 20. So, really, really impressive stuff for him. Too bad they couldn't find it this past weekend, though. No, they definitely couldn't. Group D, Juventus easily through, and Atletico Madrid also easily through. Lokomotiv Moscow with their three points mm-hmm. through five matches, did not somehow find their way through. Uh, nor did uh, Bayer Leverkusen, who had six, but couldn't get it done eventually, and that group was already settled too. Uh, as far as Group E, very interesting results here. Liverpool easily through. Mm-hmm. Napoli goes through as well, but Carlo Ancelotti yep. no longer there. He gets fired <laughs> despite getting through to the next round. It was really weird. So it's the second time in Carlo Ancelotti's career that he has had a four-goal victory and then been fired on that same day. Because when he left Real Madrid, they beat someone like 7-3, to three, and then he got axed. And then this time, they beat Gank, your guys from oh, Gank. Oh, love Gank. They beat them 4-0. And then same thing. Like, got sacked right after the game. It's like, oh, well, what the hell's going on there? So it was pretty interesting. Uh, but if you were to look at that at the beginning of, of the Champions League play, you probably would have said that those two would have been your favorites. Yeah, and uh, Red Bull, it's Red Bull Salzburg, right? That was in that group, I believe. Correct. Jesse Marsh. Because that was the game they they played against Liverpool in the final matchup, and Jesse Marsh, who is a U.S. coaching legend, coached Red Bull New York, got brought over by the Red Bull people to then take on uh, Salzburg, and eventually, you would assume, will be in line if ever there needs to be a change at RB Leipzig. Yep. You would think he would be in line for a Bundesliga call for sure, but already getting Champions League minutes and looks. And uh, Jurgen Klopp had some nice things to say after the game. He said, "What they're doing is tremendous. They're 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 very you know well organized." And he was very complimentary of Jesse Marsh. I also find it interesting. Liverpool, um, I think it was Jordan Henderson was talking to the German media ahead of this game because I want to say it was in or uh, would that be Germany or would that be Austria? Where the Liverpool game? Did they play? Did they play Red Yeah, they played Red Bull it was the last game. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I just anyway, kind of blacked out from okay. what you were talking about. <laughs> Here's the thing. So, Jurgen It was in Salzburg, but Jurgen yeah, Klopp was right. sitting there listening as a translator was translating for Jordan Henderson. He was mm-hmm. giving an answer and someone had asked him that question of like, you know, hey, even though you guys are through, do you, you know, take this game easily? You know, what are you going to do? And he said, "Hey, we don't take anything easily. We're, you know, excited to you know be here but we obviously have to focus and we still have to play and all this stuff and the german translator the yeah. guy translating into german started translating it was kind of like oh yeah we think it'll be easy and, and didn't really represent what henderson was saying and jürgen klopp stops and was like hey man that's bullshit i know german you're yeah. not getting this right you've got to listen to what he says mm-hmm. and it was kind of an interesting it little was kind of like there. me right there when you were asking me that question i'm like <laughs> i don't know I don't even know what you're talking I, about. Salzburg, Austria, Germany. I don't know where it's at. I blacked at. myself out there. That's okay. Um, and then you also had Barcelona going through in Group F. Dortmund getting it done over Inter Milan. So very good result for them to be able to uh, get through. In Group G, speaking of, Red Bull-owned teams, RB Leipzig goes through with their 11 points. And uh, Lyon gets through as well with eight. So uh, 
Benefica and Zenit, unfortunately, did not make it out of Group G. And finally, in probably the tightest group of all of these, yep. Group H, Valencia and Chelsea, and both with 11 points, did, did go through. Ajax, shockingly enough, out of Champions League. Really crazy because you look at that going into the last you look at that going into the last game. All Ajax had to do. They had a home game. It was against Valencia. Now this is who we're talking about semifinalists last year, and I know they lost to Young and Delict, and and those are two crucial pieces you're talking about to the puzzle for them, but they were cruising. I mean, absolutely cruising on their way to go through to the next round of the Champions League. They had the lead going in, and literally everything went wrong for them. It's just, I don't even know what to say about that, Bone. Like, that's a pretty, that's pretty shocking to me. Valencia, obviously they're going to be looking for a goal. They needed a win over Ajax. They did it. They only got one. They got a red card in the game. And you're thinking, okay, well, Ajax, maybe a bit of time to kind of get back into this sucker. But no, I mean, not at all, man. It was uh, it was crazy. They scored in the 23rd or 24th minute, I believe. Yeah, Rodrigo Moreno scored yeah, the 24th. Yeah, and Ajax had plenty of time to get back into the match, but they just could not do it. Yeah, all that you're right. All they needed was a goal, and they can get through in this potentially. Because uh, the goal differential, yeah, Ajax was at six. Chelsea and Valencia each had two. Right. So They're it was cruising. literally all they have to yeah. do is get a tie at home against, again, Valencia is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but you would think the team, I know they lost some players, but a team that had such a great run in Champions League last year and Ajax with their history, unfortunately in this case it did not work out for them. But I am glad that my team, Chelsea, was able to advance into Champions League. Your team. My Premier League team yes. that I've been rooting for Big for so fans. long. Long-time Chelsea fan here. Let me point this out to you as well. Says the guy who said he was going to cheer for Everton last year <laughs> when we were doing the podcast. I didn't ultimately decide to do that. <laughs> I said I would test drive Everton, okay. and I did, and I said, no, thank you. No, thanks. No, I'm thank good. you. And you know what? I didn't feel anything for Everton when they smoked Chelsea on the weekend. I still said, nope, my blues, my yes. Chelsea blues will not be I, – I, will, I, will, I feel bad about this. I hate Everton. How dare you? Was very frustrated, but uh, Christian Pulisic standing ovation, yeah, from the crowd when subbed off at Stamford Bridge. Pretty good in a Champions League match in a must-have game where they won two to one, and he was a big factor in it. I was reading an article as well from the Guardian, I think, over there, and it was one of the England newspapers, but they were basically saying, you know, have they found a man to replace Eden Hazard? Well, hard to say, but this is known. Christian Pulisic is a little more tricky than Eden Hazard. Where Eden not Eden as Hazard direct, is, not as well, straightforward. They were saying he was direct, but it, like how Eden Hazard makes you notice him, and Christian Pulisic just eases his way in and out of situations, and suddenly, before you even know it, he's moved the ball into a place where it's a very dangerous movement. Sneaky athlete. Yes, and it, it, you're right. And it, <laughs> I was, it was a very interesting write-up about him, so he continues to impress for Chelsea, and I continue to be excited about that. All right, let's take a quick preview of the weekend before we get out of here. Premier League, here's what you've got coming up. Southampton and West Ham in a relegation showdown. Yeah, baby. Saturday at 1230. You excited about that? Oh, I love that one. Okay, good. Uh, your guys, Manchester United host Everton, and Wolves also host Spurs. Not your guys, though, no, Everton. No, not my guys. Let's make that very, very no, clear. No, no, no. My guys, who are Chelsea playing this week? I forget. I, already, I, looked, I looked it up, and I've already forgotten. But whatever, who cares? Some fan you are. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Doesn't matter. They're going to win. Uh, Wolves and Spurs in a battle of six and seven. Not at sixes and sevens, but six and seven. Both of those games that I mentioned, Man U and Everton, 
Wolves and Spurs. That is at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Chelsea are home against Burnmouth. There you go. And get ready for it. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the pain. That's going to drop <laughs> the hammer. That's what they say, Bone. drop the hammer on board and mm-hmm. Burnmouth. That's what I say. Arsenal and Manchester City at 12.30 on Sunday. That'll be fun if you're a Manchester City fan. Probably not if you're an Arsenal fan. But who knows? They looked good last weekend. Freddie Lumber got a victory with Arsenal. So who knows? Maybe yeah, they're. I thought they were going to lose that West Ham game. It was one nil, and then it was bam, bam, bam. Oh, Arsenal came back three and... one. But yeah, it should uh, should be a fun full weekend. Bone. The craziest thing about Champions League, though, five biggest leagues with all sixteen teams in. There was not one team from a different league outside of the Bundesliga, Premier League, Lege 1, Serie A, Lege 1. or I don't remember, La Liga. There you go. That was right. the last one I'm there forgetting. So all 16 teams from the five biggest leagues in Europe. So Yeah, um, right. That is correct. Uh, finally, also, I wanted to throw these out there real quick before we get going. You've got Bundesliga. Fortuna Dusseldorf is hosting RB Leipzig. So uh, if you that's going to be uh, pretty interesting. I want to see Zach Steffen get annihilated again. But – Seriously, I think this game is at 12.30 on Saturday, which means it's probably going to be on FS1 or 2. So if you have Fox Sports 1 or 2, look for it because it's probably going to be on there and go see what I'm talking about. See see what he is going up against because it's not pretty right now and it sucks because it's not fair to him. And in La Liga, Valencia hosts Real Madrid Sunday at 3 p.m. If you're bored of NFL action and you'd like to watch that, there you go. Should be a lot of fun. I have uh, no uh, NFL action this weekend. Bears and Packers only. There you go. All right. Well, then I then go ahead and enjoy that. I'll be screaming at my TV. What do you think is going to happen? I can't even tell you. We're going to bring the pain like Chelsea's <laughs> bringing to Burnmouth. Tell That's you that fine. much. Um, and one more update for you. We haven't uh, fully finished addressing this. We should have an announcement for you on the watch party. The official Bone and Beam United EPL watch party. We will have that announcement, I believe, next week on the podcast. You, I don't think, will be on the podcast next week. I uh, recorded an interview with John Zadar. Who Who's is, John Zadar, you say? He is one of the designers of the Save the Crew movement. We were going to try to have him on this week, but it hasn't worked out to play it this week. So next week, that will be what you hear. And we had a very in-depth discussion about design, art, and the world of designing a terrible logo like Chicago Fire mm-hmm. did with their new updated logo. So that will be dropping next week with an update on the watch party. So thanks again for listening. We will catch you guys next week. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United.